0: and I'm Peter Klein
1: and this is we had no idea
0: episode 11
1: holy shit I
0: figured out the number thing because (laughs) we number every episode in our show docs and I could definitely look at that when I do the episode thing
1: and then we just count up from there
0: right also like I've posted the last two I should know (laughs) before I had an excuse because you did all of that but then I did a couple of them and still got the number thing wrong So I am now paying even the slightest bit of attention on a history podcast. So uh, nowhere to go but up, really.
1: It's all I can ask for. Before we get too far into this, (laughs) we come to you from Mokinsis, and we acknowledge that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tsutsuna, the Yahe Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of southern Alberta
0: our sources for this show because those of us who can't count to 11 need a little bit of extra help uh, provided by history.com bbc.com and nationalgeographic.com along with history.state.gov thank you to all of those wonderful websites for providing a lot of the information today also shout out to my sister who will be providing some of the photos that we'll be using on social media as she was there not at the time she was negative four (laughs) years old but um, she was in Berlin in uh, several years ago
1: and you're such a good brother right when was she there
0: i don't know um but she was there and has pictures of the lack of a wall that is there now (laughs) among other things i don't want to make that that came across more sarcastic than i wanted to but she she has pictures from there so we'll be posting some of those on our instagram which is we had no idea podcast Look at that, getting plugs in right
1: away. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for downloading, coming back for episode 11. We really appreciate it. Uh, This has been very fun. And I think this episode, more than others, I learned. I learned so much. (laughs) And honestly, I'm about to admit a truth.
0: (laughs) Okay. Live your truth, girl.
1: Okay. Here's my truth before we go any further. I didn't know that the Soviet Union was made up of different countries, (laughs) like, willingly. I knew there was more than Russia involved, but I thought that the Soviet Union, which, like, (laughs) saying those two words out loud makes me feel extra dumb, uh, was a union of communist states. It was Russian-controlled, but the reason the Soviet Union looks so huge on these post-World War II maps is because it was more than Russia. By union, not by, well, maybe by force. But anyways, I'm never going to hear the end of this from my know-it-all friend. (laughs) I just never realized. Anyways, when we say Soviet Union, which we will, (laughs) and I mean, it's more like Soviet onion because of all these layers. Eh? No, okay. But anyways, the Soviet Union is a Russian majority-led, oh my God, it's the USSR. It's literally the union of Soviet socialist republics. We should cut this. Nope. We it all in. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know. I just didn't know. <laughs> so it's 15 republics, including Russia, which is, of course, the largest one. I hope somebody listening also needed this realization. Let's continue. Or get started. Yes. Well, I'm sorry I'm stupid. Thank no. you for coming to my podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Our new podcast, Sorry I'm Stupid, comes out later this <laughs> summer. <laughs> Um, when World War II came to an end in 1945, that much we knew, a pair of Allied peace conferences in Yalta and Potsdam determined what would be done with Germany's land. The United Kingdom, the United States of America, and the Soviet Union decided at these conferences to split the defeated nation into four, quote, Allied Occupization Zones. The Eastern... Uh,
1: occupation right. Zones. Occupization is fucking fun, though. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just going to keep rolling. The eastern part of the country (laughs) went to the Soviet Union, while the western part went to the United States, Great Britain, and France. Eventually. That's how we get the four divisions. Berlin was located within the Soviet part of the country. The Yalta and Potsdam agreements split the city into four sectors, much like the country was. Which, I know you're going to get into a thing here in a second, but this is... So old timey. And I'm happy that something like this happened still in like the 1900s because, like, back in the day, the way that they plotted out land and stuff, and again, to be fair to them, they didn't have the same technological advances as we had. But the way that some of the things are set out, it's like, oh, well. I mean, that's the road that Bob drove down, so that's Bob's land. And so you get this (laughs) weird-ass land, like, the way everything is set up, and countries are done that way. And it's like, well, I mean, that's where the fucking train was, man, so that's how we're going to lay this out. I guess the train marks it. And I just love that understanding that Berlin is relatively important, but geographically, it doesn't make a lick of sense to have Berlin be split up into the four. Like, it would... if. That is kind of where, like, each side took their thing from, which is kind of how, admittedly, I had initially wrapped my head around it, was that, okay, this is, like, the wall, and it's going to divide it into the four quadrants where the other countries get it. But instead it's like, oh, no, this is firmly where the Soviets would have it, but fuck it, man, we're just going to give it to a little piece of it to everyone. Like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever geographically, but it's just like, yeah, this is how we're done, because we argued a bunch yeah we fought over it we
1: we can't we can't come to an agreement so everybody gets a slice
0: yeah it's like there's no way that alaska should be a part of the united states just like geographically but because of something some time ago and i'm sure we'll learn more about that at some point because that's one i really don't have i'm never
1: gonna google it
0: um but it's just like (laughs) yeah it's it's ours now it's like oh okay fine yeah I, i guess you'll have another Part of your country that's just divided by an entire other country. Anyway, rant
1: over. Right. So to your point, Berlin, which makes no sense to be the one that split up, Mm -hmm. it is seen as an important political and cultural hub, and it couldn't be controlled by just one power. So they were like, let's split it up. And I mean, we've said that they agreed to split it up, but more likely, yeah, it was a big fight, and they were like, well, if you, if I can't have it, you can't either. Right. Is, is my assumption of what happened. Yeah. Um, the Soviets took the eastern half of Germany while the western side was taken by the United Kingdom, America, and France. This four-way occupation of Berlin began in the summer of 1945. The existence of West Berlin, uh, quote, stuck like a bone in the Soviet throat, as the Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev put it. And I can't not think of Nikita Kucherov, who (laughs) plays for. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tampa Bay. Yep. Sika, let's do that hockey. (laughs) Anyways, Nikita Khrushchev, not Kucherov, uh, (laughs) was the Soviet leader at the time. The Russians slash the USSR, as I have learned, let the city be split for a few years, but ultimately wanted to drive. the Allied forces out of the city for good, since they had such different ideologies, and in 1948, a Soviet blockade of West Berlin aimed to starve the Western Allies out of the city. Instead of retreating, however, the Allies supplied their parts of the city from the air. This effort was known as the Berlin Airlift. It lasted for more than a year and delivered more than 2.3 million tons of food, fuel, and other goods to West Berlin. The blockade was called off in 1949 by the Soviets, I guess that they were just sick of seeing planes bring food in.
0: This is another very old-timey thing. <laughs> like, well, there's no way they could possibly figure out how to get to... Su- oh, damn. Planes. Planes.
1: <laughs> like, right, brothers? Just, they're coming up again. <laughs>
0: you just fought a war. You saw overhead how many planes <laughs> these people had and how many ways they had of getting supplies. To, like, you you just fought a war. You know that they're, they're kind of in let's-get-supplies-to-people mode. Yeah. So... Yeah, just so, well, they'll never figure this part out. Yeah. Um, so uh, after that, uh, once the Russians remembered that planes...
1: The USSR.
0: Right, Yes. Yeah, sorry. Once the USSR <laughs> um, remembered that planes existed, there was a decade of relative calm until 1958. And then Nikita Khrushchev, who, by the way, the reason we are kind of equating him to the former MVP of the National Hockey League, Nikita, uh, Hockey League, Nikita Kucherov, is that when we Googled Khrushchev to figure out how to pronounce his name, which, by the way, I've done differently every time I've talked about him, and I've said it wrong, I think, each time. Um, but we Googled to see how to pronounce his name, and every, every time we Googled something about it, Yeah. the first thing that popped up was Nikita Kucherov. Yeah. You even tried Nikita Khrushchev United States and it was, oh, well, this is the day that Nikita Kucherov came to the United <laughs> States of America. Like, come on. There's
1: like, Nikita Kuch. Kucherov was born on this day and he joined the NHL on this day and I was like I literally wrote Berlin Wall in this Google search where the hell is this guy?
0: (laughs) Uh, So anyway Khrushchev decided that he had had enough of the allies being in Berlin and West Berlin was a capitalist system and was prospering economically. So, there was a visible example of the grass being greener on the other side for East Berliners. Khrushchev made a big speech in November of 1958 and uh, started a three-year period called the Berlin Crisis. The military presence of the United States in particular grew in West Berlin, preparing for conflict over the three years, and several discussions with outgoing President Eisenhower and incoming Kennedy both felt that they had to keep a presence in West Berlin. Side note. Okay.
1: If that, what you just said right there, yeah, doesn't basically sum up the Cold War, which is all happening during this time. This is, I mean, the Berlin Wall is a huge piece of the Cold War. Then I don't know what sums it up better. It's both sides increasing their military and doing little shit to make the other side of this like ideological struggle mad, and then be, and then you know the other side retaliates, and they're like, oh, well, that's not fair. We need more guns and army and the other <laughs> side's like, no we do. Now we have tanks here too. Yeah. And then like Like that's but, the Cold War.
0: <laughs> well yeah. Um well we'll we'll probably go a little bit more in depth on the Cold War later on. Uh not in this podcast, but eventually. But some
1: of, in, it's, in the I what what do we say the name of our next show is gonna be?
0: Oh sorry I'm stupid or something. Sorry I'm it.
1: stupid. We'll cover the Cold War <laughs> and Sorry I'm stupid.
0: But What's funny to me is that we, we we discuss here there is a transfer of power in the United States of America, and the outgoing president and the incoming president are both like, yeah, no, this is the way to handle this situation. Totally. Absolutely, this is there. There is nothing wrong with this giant pissing contest we are in with the other world <laughs> power. So let's just keep rolling with it. Totally. So, uh, it's speculated that the USSR and Khrushchev are embarrassed by the endless flow of refugees from east to west Berlin, nearly 3 million since the end of the 1949 blockade, many of them young skilled workers, such as doctors, teachers, and engineers. In June 1961, approximately 19,000 people left the German Democratic Republic, or GDR, through Berlin. So the part that was under control by the U.S. SSR that many people were leaving and then doing it through West Berlin. In July of that year, there was about 30,000 that fled. In the first 11 days of August, 16,000 East Germans crossed the border into West Berlin, and on August 12th alone, 2400 followed, the largest number of defectors to ever leave East Germany in a single day. That night, Khrushchev gave the East German government permission to stop the flow of emigrants by closing the border for good. In just two weeks, the East German army, police force, and volunteer construction workers had completed a makeshift barbed wire and concrete block wall, the Berlin Wall, hence the name, Whoa. that divided one side of the city from the other. So instead of, hey why are all these people leaving are Mm -hmm. we doing something wrong here it's no (laughs) fuck them no one else is leaving
1: yeah stop the bleeding
0: right exactly
1: for nearly 30 years berlin was divided not just by ideology but by a concrete barrier that snaked through the city serving as a symbol of the cold war the berlin wall was almost 27 miles long so it's only 40 kilometers sure and I'm, was protected. I'm bad at those <laughs> and was protected with barbed wire, attack dogs, and approximately fifty five thousand landmines. And in those pictures your sister sent us, mm-hmm. um, which we will post, there she, or she says that there was also stakes that would impale people if they jumped oh. over. Jeez. So pre bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. It
0: feels like you didn't need all of those.
1: It's. I mean, overkill. Oh, probably... Overkill seems like a very bad term to put here, but I don't know yeah. what else to say about it other than it was way overkill.
0: Right. Uh, Before the wall was built, Berliners, which is a fantastic way of putting it.
1: Berliners, (laughs) Berlinites. I didn't know what to put, Berliners.
0: Berliners (laughs) on both sides of the city could move around rather freely. They crossed the east-west border to work, to shop, to go to the theater and the movies. Trains and subway lines carried passengers back and forth. After the wall was built, it became impossible to get from east to west Berlin, except through one of three checkpoints. Uh, I just want to say, subway lines...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so like if they're underground would they have to continue to build a wall below the ground as well or just be like hey this is the last stop now <laughs> these are weird things i think about when we do research at 11 30 at night for these
1: <laughs> i have no answer for you I'm like I'm just imagining right. they're like get off the train it's the end of the line or they just stopped running those trains
0: like the first train that went through just powered right into this gigantic wall I was like oh shit it's just well, like a
1: pile up of trains yeah, yeah exactly
0: <laughs> like this never stopped like in my mind it's like a cartoon so no one gets hurt obviously but it's just like this cartoon just like one train after the other after the other just keep banging into each other because they've hit this wall that's okay well I guess we have to <laughs> reconfigure this now
1: right and then the road runner rips the the fake wall down off
0: exactly yeah yeah that's <laughs> how run- they that's how they they built it on the one side was okay we're running out of time we'll just down we go
1: the official purpose of the berlin wall was to keep the so-called western fascists from entering east germany and undermining the socialist state but it primarily served the objective of stemming mass defections from east to west Uh, The construction of the Berlin Wall did stop the flood of refugees from east to west, and it did diffuse the crisis over Berlin. JFK conceded that a wall is a hell of a lot better than a war, and I have another truth to tell. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm so, so dumb sometimes. So I looked up images of where the wall was, and I had it all wrong in my head. This wasn't like... I mean, I I never imagined that it was a straight wall that was just like north to south. Boom. Yeah. But I also kind of thought that it was around East Berlin. Like it contained East Berlin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, it's actually around West Berlin, which is probably why the government at the time was able to say that it was to keep the West Germans or the West German allies out of East Berlin and not what its actual purpose was of keeping the East Berliners in right so the wall was actually like so it split east and west berlin and then it went around the south west and north side of west berlin am i dumb for not knowing that
0: no like i i, I said before i thought it kind of broke off into different quadrants so
1: right 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 right. Yeah. this episode has been very humbling for me
0: <laughs> well again yeah, it's it's yeah, very complicated because a lot of this stuff doesn't make any sense whatsoever
1: no they're like fucking build like they basically they built like,
0: a wall around their opposition, and it's weird that the other guys are just like, "Fine, build it, do it. We yeah. don't
1: care. It's your land."
0: Yeah, and your landmines. Just
1: they made like yeah, they made it like a like a, a prison for mm-hmm. West Berlin, but then West Berlin was like groovy, dude. Like yeah. we we
0: were we were trying to get to your side. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Anyways, for thirty years, the wall stood. At least one hundred seventy-one people were killed trying to get over under or around the Berlin Wall. So while we are having our fun, uh, this was a a serious matter. Mm -hmm. Escape from East Germany was not impossible, however. From 1961 until the wall came down in 1989, more than 5,000 East Germans, including a reported 600 border guards, managed to cross the border by jumping out of windows adjacent to the wall, climbing over the barbed wire, flying in hot air balloons. Oh my God, so fun. Crawling through the sewers, less fun and (laughs) driving through unfortified parts of the wall at high speeds. Houses and buildings close to the wall in East Berlin were said to have tenants forcibly removed, especially after escapes had happened by people jumping from windows to get over the wall and posted with guards to become part of wall fortification. With the wall as a backdrop, President Reagan declared to a West Berlin crowd in 1987, quote, there is one sign the Soviets can make that would be unmistakable, that would advance dramatically the cause of freedom and peace. He then called upon his Soviet counterpart, Secretary General Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate, Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate, Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall um that is one of the more famous speeches that i mean any american president has made and was a a real like it it felt like a a very big moment in this whole saga
1: when you said it at the end of our last podcast Mm -hmm. about like take down that wall I'm about to be humbled again, dude. I had no fucking idea what you were talking about.
0: <laughs> well, I,
1: I, I... And like, maybe it's because I shit on America all the time. And I'm like, yeah. I refuse to learn too much about
0: America. <laughs> well, to, to be honest, like, I was pretty sure that was, that's what it was about. And I, I suggested the Berlin Wall while we were recording and I was like, I need to Google this really quick. So I don't know if you could hear the tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap of my keys really quickly while we were um, recording the last episode and while I was talking about that because I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what this thing is about. But <laughs> it's... It seems too weird that an American president calling on Mr. Gorbachev to tear down this wall in Germany. Like, all, none of those puzzle pieces seem to really connect. (laughs) It's like a
1: Mad Libs. Right.
0: So, uh, again, I I do not fault you for it because I did not have the confidence that I was right when I was bringing it up the Mm -hmm. the first time.
1: I also want to throw in here that uh, Khrushchev... Uh, was forced to resign in 1964 because of his erratic behavior. Some officials in the USSR felt he undermined their authority, so he went a good day and retired? Did people retire in the USSR? Anyways, Gorbachev was put into power, and this may shock you, but later on, almost the exact same thing happens to him. Uh, also, Reagan is now the U.S. president because of elections.
0: Right. Also, part of the erratic behavior of Khrushchev, one of the things we found when mm. Googling him at a... Yes.
1: Is that yes. unnecessary?
0: Except you're using your hand. He used his shoe. <laughs> During the United Nations assembly, um, someone criticized the USSR. And so he tried to shut them up was told, hey, go sit down, and so the guy started talking again, and he started banging on his desk, and then took off his shoe, allegedly, and started banging on his desk as well. (laughs) Like, just, just the absolute weirdest thing. So I would would classify that as erratic behavior. Erratic behavior.
1: behavior. So... Most listeners at the time viewed Reagan's sorry, back on track now. Right, yes. Most listeners at the time viewed Reagan's speech as a dramatic appeal to Gorbachev to renew negotiations on nuclear arms reductions. It was also a reminder that despite the Soviet leaders' public statements about a new relationship with the West, the US wanted to see action taken to lessen Cold War tensions. Happily for Berliner, Berliners or Berlinites. <laughs> this speech also foreshadowed events to come.
0: Reform movements were already stirring in the communist bloc. Years of activism and strikes in Poland culminated in its ruling communist party voting to legalize the banned Solidarity Trade Union, a political group in Poland. By February of 1989, Solidarity was in talks with the government and partially free elections in the summer saw it capture seats in parliament. I'm just going to gloss over partially free elections. Though the communists (laughs) retained a quota of seats, Solidarity swept the board wherever it was allowed to stand. Hungarians as well launched mass demonstrations for democracy in March. In May, 150 miles or 240 kilometers of barbed wire were dismantled along the border with Austria, the first physical sign of change. Hungary's 1956 revolution was brutally suppressed by the Soviets, and many people died, but more fled and unrest was left in the country. By August of 89, the revolutionary wave had truly reignited on the fringes two million people across Estonia latvia and lithuania then a part of the soviet union
1: as i learned
0: (laughs) held one of the most memorable demonstrations of the so-called singing revolution when they formed a 600 kilometer (laughs) human chain across the baltic republics calling for independence so things not going ideally for them their communists
1: i just it's so many people yes 600 kilometers. Right. That's impressive. I mean...
0: Yeah. One kilometer worth of people chained together (laughs) would be impressive.
1: A lot of people. Yes. In August of 89, Hungary opened its borders to Austria in the west, allowing East German refugees an escape. East Germany ended up closing its border with Czechoslovakia in October to stem the tide. But by then, the revolution had spread to East Germany itself. It began with demonstrators rallying for freedom. I mean... There was lots of them, but it wasn't a 600-kilometer human chain. Right. Anyways, uh, rallying for freedom in the center of the city of Leipzig in early October 89, within days of East Germany celebrating its 40th anniversary, 70,000 people took to the streets. There were calls for free elections from West Germany and talk of reform from East Germany's new communist leader. No one knew the fall of the wall Fun was weeks away. In late October, Hungary adopted legislation for direct presidential elections and, parla- <laughs> oh my God. and multi-party parliamentary elections Not after it. their violent, violent by the officials, right. protests. Following this, the numbers demanding democracy in East Germany swelled to half a million. The leader of East Germany, Krenz, at the time flew to Moscow to come up with a game plan and reported to BBC News later that reunification of Germany was not part of their plan. On November 4th, a month after the East German protests had begun, around half a million people gathered in Alexanderplatz in the heart of East Berlin. Three days later, the government resigned, but there was no intention to give way to democracy and Krenz remained the head of the Communist Party and the country's de facto leader.
0: Whether this was actually how it was supposed to be reported or the official speaker for the government of East Berlin got mixed up, during a daily announcement slash update, it was announced that citizens of the GDR could cross the border whenever they pleased and vice versa
1: baby <laughs>
0: private travel outside the co- quote private travel outside the country can now be applied without prerequisite he said the germans understandably wanted more details this seemed like a very underwhelming way to announce a revolutionary change mm-hmm. that was 40 years in the making the speaker without explicitly being told said it was effective immediately when in reality it was supposed to be a rather extensive process and gathering yeah. visas, all of this, and he was just like, well, there's nothing here that says he can't, so have fun out there, Do kids. Do it. That night, ecstatic crowds swarmed the walls at the checkpoints, with the amount of people showing up on both sides of the wall between east and west The guards were severely outnumbered and near midnight, the first gate was opened and people crossed the wall. Harold Yeager, a border guard in charge that evening, reported that he had watched the press conference in confusion and then watched the crowd arrived. So again, uh, this no communication and one of the biggest moments Mm -hmm. in history... Happened because a dude didn't get all the facts right on his morning update that the kid on Big Mouth does every day. Um, he remembers frantically calling his, uh, Harold, not the kid from Big Mouth, remembers <laughs> frantically calling his superiors, but they gave no orders either to open the gate or to open fire to stop the crowd. With only a handful of guards facing hundreds of angry citizens, there wasn't much choice. Jaeger said, people could have been injured or killed, even without shots being fired in scuffles, or if there had been panic amongst the thousands gathered at the crossing, that's why I gave the order, open the barrier. So... To recap, dude doesn't have all the information, says, or makes groundbreaking announcement. Security guard at the thing is like, well, fuck it, open it then. And that is how this whole thing <laughs> comes to an end.
1: Open her up, boys. Yeah. Thousands of people flowed through, celebrating and crying, drinking champagne and beer, and chanting, uh, in German, of course, Uh, Not English, that would be weird. Uh, But chanting, open the gate, in scenes broadcast around the world. Many climbed the wall and the gates, chipping away at the wall itself with hammers and pickaxes, which they inexplicably just had. Right. (laughs) Hey, look, we're going to get to cross tonight. Bring your (laughs) pickaxe. More than two million people from East Berlin visited West Berlin that weekend to participate in a celebration that was, one journalist wrote, quote, the greatest street party in the history of the world. People termed wall woodpeckers took pieces of the wall with hammers while cranes and bulldozers pulled down section after section soon the wall was gone primarily there is still parts of it standing and berlin was united for the first time since 1945
0: the reunification of east and west germany was made official on october 3rd 1990 almost one year after the fall of the berlin wall by the end of 1991, most of the countries in the Soviet Union claimed independence and the USSR was dissolved.
1: That's so embarrassing to hear. <laughs> they claimed independence. I, and then the USSR was dissolved. I'm so embarrassed.
0: It's okay. It happened. There's, history is a lot. There's a lot of things that have happened. And this is, I mean, part of this, the very last part of this happens in my lifetime, but all of this is way before you were born so
1: i know but like i mean, I mean way I'm grade, not that much older, grade 10 to 11 10 11 and 12 uh-huh i mean i took social studies yeah uh, like throughout school whenever you start doing social studies mm-hmm. but grade 10 11 12 i remember explicitly my teacher mr Clapp, telling us about the ussr and now it makes total sense why on most of my essays i got c's <laughs> i just didn't think about it plain and simple
0: yeah no that's fair i want to know anyways
1: mr clopp i'm sorry
0: if they're like the the wall comes down because of wall woodpeckers which is an amazing name totally and then a year later they're like okay yeah you guys can be reunified again was there someone who was like waiting to cross over until like hey the government says no so i'm not going back to East (laughs) berlin like i wonder if there was someone who was just like so staunchly applying the rules that it's like nope until they tell me, I'm not going.
1: I Well, I assume it was just, like, people being like, well, what do we, what do, we do now? Right. How do we elect somebody? Do we, like, have the same amount of people from mm-hmm. West and East run? But then East is like, well, we don't do that here. And West is like, well, now you do. Like, I'm sure yeah. that it just was well, a lot of- Well, you should try like,
0: it. It's pretty sweet.
1: <laughs> democracy is pretty fucking sick, man. You should try it. But yeah yeah like i i imagine that it was just like semantics and like figuring out who the fuck was gonna run it
0: yeah yeah no that's that's absolutely what it was (laughs) but i just i want to know if someone was just like a a real because that would that would totally be me it's like hey like i get everyone's having fun but are we allowed
1: i was told not to cross yeah
0: so i'm not i'm not going to like they they told feels like a trap yeah yeah (laughs) There's 55,000 landmines around, and we're just partying all
1: willy-nilly? We're just going to friggin' hit at it with pickaxes? Right. Uh, So
0: (laughs) once again, um, we're going to post on our Instagram, we had no idea podcast. Plug. Some of the pictures that my sister sent from her trip to Germany in 2000. (laughs) Uh, um, And you have uh, another story about this.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going through a friend's house with her, um, and we found a piece of the wall in her dad's basement. Like, we just found this piece of concrete i guess yeah and we were both like oh what is this and then i was like (laughs) you know me knowing nothing about the berlin wall yeah i was like oh maybe it's a piece of the berlin wall sure enough
0: it was a piece of the berlin wall
1: yeah huh crazy right that is crazy it seems so wild that you know like these wall woodpeckers and yeah people who have What's the word I'm looking for? Memorabilia?
0: Yep. That's not exactly the flow you say that <laughs> word with, but yeah.
1: Da 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Staccato, baby. It's crazy that a piece of concrete and and the memorabilia associated with this would mean so much, but it yeah. truly does. Like it really was this all the protests and, and everything that they meant to the people. It was people showing that they had power mm-hmm. and doing it in mostly nonviolent ways. Right. Yeah.
0: Until the end with pickaxes. Um, to the but wall. That, yeah, though. that violence was against the wall. But this is one I—I I was actually quite excited to to read up about this, and this is one of those ones that I will continue to read up on post this show because, um, like it just—I don't think I truly understood the magnitude of this the whole grubitas. thing. Yeah. Like it, it was. Yeah, there was a wall in Berlin, and then there wasn't, and then everyone partied, and it was this great thing. But it just—it kind of felt like it was this weird thing that it's like why is this even still a thing and Mm -hmm. then they they started partying around it and yeah we're gonna bring it down but it just had so much more historical significance Mm -hmm. and that's why like it was just it was tough for me to to really wrap my head around how much this event truly mattered to so many people not only in in germany but around the world
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And even all the countries of the USSR dissolving. Right. um, Well, that's the thing too. Claiming their independence, right? Like they're like, you know what? You know, maybe we'll stay communist. Maybe we'll stay on this side of the spectrum of ideologies, but we're gonna do it on our own terms. Like we don't need to be a part of this.
0: Yeah, I did not realize. I did not realize how many different branches of, like this is one we could have done like six bonus episodes for totally just because of all the different ways everything kind of branches off yeah around it it's it really is one of the the biggest moments i can i can't really say in my lifetime because i i'm
1: oh born... you were what 12 days shy yeah oh babe
0: yeah so like they were probably still they were probably still taken down the wall at that time definitely yeah so partially happened in my lifetime kind of (laughs) um i wasn't totally aware of it but yeah it's just it's it's just crazy to think of just how impactful this thing was and it really Mm. is like one of the the biggest moments in history
1: totally and in the spirit of protests and the people Mm -hmm. getting things done
0: and things named after walls
1: and things named after walls thank you um our next episode oh also in the spirit of our next episode will come out on june 2nd which is pride month recognized by everywhere except for Calgary for no good reason. We celebrate Pride in September. But, I mean, if you want to celebrate Pride, you do it.
0: Yeah. Kudos, I think pe- I think people still do. We just don't have a parade until September. Right, yet. until September. Yeah.
1: I'm like, why? Anyways, though, our next episode will be on Stonewall. And yes. The Stonewall riots.
0: This is one that I am quite, I don't want to say looking forward to because I understand probably gonna find some not great things about this we can
1: say that about every single topic we i think it's okay to look forward Mm -hmm. to learning and then also telling people how stupid you were previously
0: (laughs) but this is one that i am (laughs) quite frankly stupid too i i know everything i know about this is from brief snippets of rupaul's drag race when they they bring it up so i i am looking forward to educating myself on this one and then um, it, exposing how ignorant I was on the the program next week.
1: Was your turn, boy? Yes,. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Thank you for coming with us on this journey, especially me. Yeah, I'm so sorry to anyone who had to listen to me, talk out my ass in social studies. <laughs> but now I got a podcast so yeah. fuck you. <laughs> wow.
0: On that note, please rate review and subscribe. Yeah, and if your you have positive
1: any... feedback yes. is always welcome. <laughs>
0: And if you have any notes on the show, you can email the show at podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and we are always available on Instagram at we Had no Idea podcast. If you have any suggestions for the show uh, of topics to do, send them our way. We would love to hear them. Thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs>